Hi, I'm Carl Gearhart from the Giant Country Horns. This podcast is In the Loop, the Legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com, stay in the loop, and sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Relics Magazine is a media partner of Osiris. For music news, go to Relics.com. You're listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. Hey, Seth, where are you? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. I'm in St. Pete, Rob. I am in Woodstock, Georgia. And Seth, do you remember back in episode 32 when we had Jennifer Hartswick on? Do you remember the very first thing we talked about? Uh, I don't. Well... Dude, she recorded with Christian McBride. I love that that's in your nerd wheelhouse. <laughs> I love... Because that's in my nerd wheelhouse. I know you've been listening since you were 15 years old, right? Yeah, I was, like, obsessed with him. Yeah. With which particular Christian McBride did you hear first? Um, I mean, he had two records that came out back-to-back in... Whatever it was, probably 94 and 95. Um that I was obsessed with and that I definitely bought at least two or three times because they got scratched because remember CDs um, yeah I wore those out and he was just a sort of a, a figure in my life obviously unbeknownst to him but as a kid I you know I I spent money to go see him one time it was a huge deal you know when I was 15 or 60 years, years old uh, but anyway we ended up I've been a fan of his for for 15 17 years before we actually got to meet and then we got put on the same gig together in New Orleans and that, that was it that was, it was about, over about 3-4 years ago about right? 4 years ago probably now yeah who put together that gig whose idea was that Nigel Hall right on Nigel Nigel, right on Nigel. always always up to something Nigel <laughs> So What was true. that gig? Did, did you get to, uh, off in the New Orleans, was it around Jazz Fest? It wasn't around Jazz Fest. It was for uh, DJ Soul Sister's birthday. Um, and we did it at Tips, and it was sort of a tribute to all the James Brown stuff you don't know. Seth, it is going to be released, my friend. It's called Nexus. It's coming out September 7th. It's Nick with Jennifer and Christian. And uh, who, who would you like? Could we talk to someone about this, Seth? Well, I don't have Christian's number, but I'm looking. Oh, you know what? I got Jennifer's number. Let's give her a call. All right, let's do that. Here we go. Yada dee, yada da dee. Do you feel better? Do you feel better? Hang on, Rob. Yellow. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Sorry I didn't say hi to you the other night. I saw you out there. 
and then life oh. got in the way. And then she ran as far as she could the other direction. It happens to them all the time. I turned the other way. I know. I was like, oh, let me help load out real quick. Let me carry some things. <laughs> what a great show. My God. What a great show that was. And you're speaking about the, like uh, the nth power, right, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, the first time I've seen them headline. I've seen them here and there, bits and pieces. Okay. I really got the essence of them. It was awesome. Nice. So, are we diving in? Yeah, why not? Let's just dive right in. Um, we uh, we uh, we were gonna, we were thinking about calling you because we were talking about that episode that we we recorded with you recent uh, about two years ago now. Jeez, time flies. Right. Is it two years? No, it's not. That's a year and a half. It'll be, yeah. All right. Well, it's still that's still too long. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we should talk more Orleans? often. Are you in Orleans uh, right now? I'm in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, and I'm hopping in the van in 20 minutes to go to New Orleans. How was that room last night? I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's it was amazing. We had such an insane, incredible turnout last night and vibe, and it's this is like a, oddly like a second home to me. What room is that? So, um, we played the Cedar Street Social Club, which is pretty brand new, but um, my friends kind of own it and run it and. And uh, so, yeah. And a, a couple quick things before we get to the record, real quick. You're going down to see to play with Humphreys McGee, right? Um, yeah, Enth is doing three shows with Humphreys. And I know sometimes the collaborations that you get into with them are your idea. Do you, are you going down there with anything in your mind you'd like to maybe do with them? Uh, I am not going down with an idea, but they have uh, <laughs> discussed with me an idea that I said okay to. Um. Yeah, it won't be tonight, but it'll be sometime on the run. And by the time this airs, people will know what it is. So they will already know, unless we totally, you know, did, we just don't do it, <laughs> and then it'll seem silly. <laughs> but and I, I have we'll to. Okay, I have to give props to Jambase too, because thanks to them, I saw this clip of you with Kev Mo and Christian McBride on the Night Owl series. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was sweet. You're just sitting there taking it all in, and then, and then you know, adding your little adornments when you deem necessary. Uh, was that as casual as it seems? Was that put together casually? It sure was. Yeah, Christian was in town doing an episode of um, Jazz Night in America, and Keb lives in Nashville, and so do I. And um, yeah, so and I we had never met before, so we met that day and. Played a little tune together, and the rest is history. Yeah, it's called France. It's from Kev Moe's Keep It Simple album, which fits your theme because you're going on to play with a band that one of their big songs is Nothing Too Fancy. But, <laughs> but yes, Christian McBride. So excited that this is finally coming out. We talked about it in our first interview. It was the first we thing did. we talked about. Do you remember that at all? I sure do. And Rob, do you remember that we actually got to listen to it, and she took our phones, made sure the power was off so that she we couldn't. <laughs> e- <laughs> she kicked her engineer out of the room, and we got to get a, li- a first listen. So with that yeah. first listen, it only is appropriate that we're going to be able to do a first listen for our listeners before yes. the album comes out. Do you know what track we're going to be able to share with everyone? I, it's up to you. You tell me what you want to do. I would like numb. Yes, I think um, Numb has very interesting sonic textures. It's gorgeous. I want to know how you get that trumpet sound that kind of underscores the Do You Feel Betters. It's really not your normal sound, I don't think, is it? 
Um, it's there's Tremone in there as well. Is that what it is? Is that it Natalie? It is. Uh huh. It okay. is. Okay. Yep. See, I don't have any liner notes or anything for this. I, it's all just from listening to it. But I have to say, between this song and not to bring up Bumpers again, but you were the one who came up with the idea that they cover No Ordinary Love. Are you a Charday fan? That, that song reminds none reminds me of Charday. Oh, of course I am. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say Charday? Isn't it? Yeah, sun? he did. I'm, I'm like that's what the hesitation. Is. <laughs> but then he said it twice, <laughs> and and I I got a little confused. <laughs> like, I know what you mean. I think he did something in his pants, and then he's just confused. I think so too. He's like, "Do you like that singer Sade? <laughs> She's amazing, oh Sade. Oh I love you, Rob." <laughs> now this will be the second track, right? You've debuted one this on the yeah. live music, right? Um, we I just debuted one just just because I wanted to. We made a um, a video in the studio for it for you can't take it back. Um. How much more yeah. video do you have from the studio sessions? Is there other stuff in the can, so to speak? Uh, we we took full video of everything happening. So um, when we announced the vinyl presale a couple weeks ago, um, we released it with what I think is a is a really beautiful video of uh, sort of that was put together of the recording, um, which you can check out, you know, on YouTube or whatever. It's the making of Nexus. Um, but that's like. That's kind of, uh, it's a well-rounded culmination of, of everything that happened that week. So if you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. It's, I, I, I think it's awesome. Really, like, shows the spirit of the whole week, you know? And you're pretty, you're kind of the honest type that you can assess your own performances pretty clear-headedly. I mean, this is some of your strongest writing and singing yet, right? Thank you. I hope so. Uh, otherwise, I'm going backwards. <laughs> that's, true. Um, that's true. Let me give yeah. you an example. Do I move you? When I touch you, do you quiver from your head down to your liver? Oh, well, I didn't write that, my love. That is a Nina Simone. I wish well, I, I could take Nina? credit. What's that? That's Nina, the whole song. Yeah. I know. You don't have liner notes. I, do you want me to, like, screenshot you some, some liner notes? Because I will. Um, I should have done that an hour ago. Um, yeah, that's a Nina Simone joint that, that I just totally fell in love with. And, uh, but that's one of my favorite lines of that song. It's unbelievable. I mean, when even your elbows are quivering, you're feeling something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And that Seth mentioned the track, I Who Have Nothing, which, um, when Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway got together and collaborated, this was the lead track of the first album. Mm Mm-hmm. Beautiful. This is the one you played for us in a hotel room. Beautiful, beautiful song. If you guys have never heard of Donny Hathaway, it's probably because he took took his life at a very young age. But he was a very powerful and significant mm. soul singer. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. And Roberta Flack was born in Black Mountain, North Carolina, Seth. Oh, wow. Hey. We were just spending some time there. Uh, I just learned she was discovered by Les McCann. I didn't know that. How did you choose that song? Is, is that, that That's a tough one to sing, I bet. That I had never sung before. Um, and I, I, I mean, I just, I'm infatuated with that song. I think it's amazing. And I thought it'd be cool to do a duo version of that totally stripped down. Um, and then when we did it, you know, it was just like, it was raw and, and sort of a last minute idea. And, um, and it turned out to be, I, it's really quite honestly my, my favorite track on the album, which is why we leave you with that. That's the last one of the record. Um, and I think it's a really cool way to end the, the whole record. Now, Stay 
it's interesting because we just lost Aretha, but there, you, you, you use a lot of emotional range in Stay. They definitely take different approaches to different parts of the song, but you sound more like Aretha than I've ever heard you in parts of this song. You know okay. Is that I, conscious? Were you like, I want to I go Aretha? No, no. No, that's never a thought in my mind to ever sound like anybody else. That's not something that really crosses my mind. But you can go um, through the spirit of someone without sounding like them. Right, but that was not a, like I, it's not a, it was not a conscious thing. I, I set out to make a record that sounded like, you know, where I was that day. You know, that's always well, speak- my my hope. Well, speaking of sounding yourself, you do uh, one of the things I mentioned in the last interview is you do these little twists and, and then the dormants like at the end of a vocal line, and then stay is a nice example of that. There's a lot of that in there that that definitely give a little emotional punch there. Yeah. Yeah, we just, uh, you know, we just try to, we just try to do it all justice, you know. I don't want to lose Seth. Seth, are you no, there, buddy? I'm still here. I'm just, uh, I've got a question that it's, I'm just sitting on, and I, I didn't want to throw it now, but, uh, but I'm going to now that you threw it at me. I'm just so curious as, <laughs> as what opportunities this album's going to bring for you in your career. I mean, Ooh. you've really, really, you know, exploded on the jam scene, and and every, you're sought after by all the musicians from Humphreys McGee to Big Gigantic and everything in between. So what happens now? Now you're playing with some of the biggest jazz cats, and and now with Keb Mo Blues. What what what's are you you know what's next? I mean, does, are you going to be performing with a bunch of different jazz artists and be on new other albums and and you know be open up and exposed to this whole other world? Well, I mean, you know, that's where I'm the most comfortable. You know, my my training and upbringing was very much in the jazz realm. I sort of oddly uh, ended up in the jam scene, but that was certainly not something that I set out to do. Um, but you know, I think part of being um, a well-rounded musician and quite frankly an employable musician is is <laughs> like being that. well-rounded you know what i'm saying like yeah. I, you know people and and i was i was talking to some kids about it and you know when when you're a kid and you're in high school and you like music you know you want to play music but you don't think about the business aspect of it and you just think about the things that you like to do and you think oh i'm gonna i'm gonna do this for a living but you don't really think about the fact that you don't think about what that means and and what your life is going to look like, you know? I mean, when I was a kid, I thought that I I would be, you know, playing jazz festivals all over the world by the time I was, you know, 25 or 30. And so, you know, who knows? But all this stuff has been set in motion to to happen whenever it's going to happen. But, you know, for me to be on a jazz album or a blues album is is much less far-fetched than for me to be on an EDM record. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so it's it's sort of it, I I think my life is slightly backwards, uh, but it's it's all happening as it's supposed to happen. So, um, you know, I I am blessed to be able to do what I love to do for a living. Um, but like I said, you, you have to be you have to be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't really pigeonhole yourself. I I don't. For me, it's not it's not right to pigeonhole myself. Right, and then and the other thing too, on the other side, on the fan perspective, if you will. Here's an opportunity to actually bring cross over some of these fans into the jazz world that they may not have dipped their feet in. I mean, sure. often with fish fans in sure. particular, it's fish and no fish, but then they kind of derivative right. out and they'll listen to you, they'll listen to Natalie, and, you know, go out that path. And if you can bring mm-hmm. them to Christian McBride and they can find Christian McBride and find the love and passion there and go even further down that rabbit hole, that's going to be exciting. Right. And, 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 you know, the other side of the coin is that there's, you know, there, 
there's jazz fans and blues fans who have never heard of me before. And, and just in the last couple of weeks since that thing aired, so like the, the response has been super interesting, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, people reaching out being like, I've never heard of you, but I loved this, you know, so it, it works always. Absolutely. And Rob. Yes. Can we talk about Christian for a minute? <laughs> he, he just released another record from his Grammy Award winning big band. Did you mm-hmm. know Bill Clinton once he had him speak to a town hall to give a clear eyed assessment on some racial issues in performing arts while Clinton was sitting president? And he has radio shows on NPR and Sirius XM. His records, Getting To It and Number Two Express, were big favorites of Jennifer, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And let me just give a list of who he's played with real quick, a partial oh, list. Oh, boy. Most okay. Them, you better take a big old breath before you do that. Well, most he would want me to start with Freddie Hubbard, I think. Sonny yeah, Rollins, probably. J.J. Johnson, Milk Jackson, McCoy Tyner, Roy Haynes, Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, Pat Metheny, Isaac Hayes, Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, Natalie Cole, Lala Hathaway, James Brown, The Roots, D'Angelo, Queen Latifah, who does great jazz stuff, Bruce Hornsby, Sting, and Paul McCartney. Always end with a Beatle. What's more, yep. imp- <laughs> what's more impressive than all those names that he played with is that you got those names right, Rob. Congratulations. Yeah, I think those are all right. <laughs> Sometimes I break format. <laughs> Uh, one thing, respond to this Christian McBride quote, Jennifer, if you don't mind. He said once, I've always felt that most jazz artists don't need producers. Most jazz artists know what kind of sound they want. They don't need a producer to come in there and tell them, oh, I think you should do this. I've always found it very strange that there's been such a thing as producers in jazz. What do you think of that quote? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I kind of agree ab- about music about about music in general. Um I understand why people have producers. Um, but for me, like if you have a vision for something, uh, which most of us do, most creative people do, um, why, why would you let an outsider come in and fuck it all up? Uh, you know, I don't understand that there's people who do great work, but I, I feel like every record that I've made is like, I'm very clear about the vision that I have for it. So maybe if I wasn't clear about the vision, I would have somebody involved. But um, I mean, jazz people in particular are, I don't know, man. So it's a weird bunch of people who are very particular about a lot of things. So I, that's, that seems pretty right on to me. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Nick Casarino because the guy just knocked me over. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. Where did you first meet him? I met that dude when his freshman year of high school in Burlington, Vermont. And we've did been guys, playing music ever since. Did you bond over gospel music at all initially? And, and When I met him, he was so young. He was like a little mini Dave Matthews. Like gospel had not even entered into his sweet little mind yet. Um, oh. I met him at a, I was, I'm six years older than he is. So I, I was invited to, judge a high school battle of the bands this is a true story and and i sat through bless their hearts like you know 20 different bands 18 different bands who for some reason were allowed to play three songs a piece so it was like nine hours of battle of the bands and of course like people knew that nick was already badass so they waited they they left him for last uh so it's just really kind of annoying uh so and obviously you know he came out with his 
fans and and totally annihilated everybody. I was like, man, this kid is unbelievable. Dave Grippo was also on the uh, judging panel. I was like, Dave, what? Who? Where did this kid come from? He's like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's Nikki, man. He's uh, he's pretty special. So I started hiring him immediately for gigs at 14, 15 years old. I mean, he's always been brilliant. He he keeps getting more and more and more brilliant and mature and absurd and from outer space i don't even i don't understand how he's able to do what he does and and you know he can do you know with just a guitar what it would take anybody else with you know 10 looping stations to do it's just it's bananas what he's capable of and that's yes you know guitar wise and then Uh, he sings his absolute butt off uh and writes his butt off and you know he's just a special special guy and may I add, even though he shreds, he uses space very well mm-hmm. in the street. Oh, he's a very musical player. Well, I missed you guys when you were in Atlanta because we actually had our WTNS live event with uh, Anders um, that oh, night. Cool. But you're on Jam Cruise with him, right? Isn't that that correct? Is with he... Nick, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. good. So we'll we'll have to get to see you there. Yeah. Um, and then rope you she into... She has a bunch of dates with him. Well, she's, yeah, but I'm talking about when I get to see them, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to save an email here, too. Speaking of Jam Cruise, what's the chances that I can get you to be a part of the Jamleywood Squares, one of our squares on Jamleywood? It's like Hollywood Squares. Y'all really like to put me to work. Uh, Yeah, I feel like... We feel like we should talk about this off air. Because uh, now I you're like putting that. pressure on me, and, and it's like, yeah. you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not playing your fucking game, Seth. I'm, I not, love it. I'm not playing your, your on-air games. <laughs> hey, Rob, you remember how we don't spot. edit out our, our uh, episodes? <laughs> shouldn't be putting people on the spot, and he shouldn't be using the show for his little games recruitment. But whatever yeah. case, is Nick involved in the songwriting a lot? He and I write a lot together, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the the arrangements, though, it seems, based on, the, at the end of the Nina track, the exchange you and Christian have, it seems like maybe the arrangements were a little elastic. You were having fun and maybe... Oh, yeah. Arrangements. Yeah, there's a, the, you know, if you can't have fun, you know, you're missing the whole point. Um, and, you know, some of them are, are tighter than others. and But it's a, I think it's a really nice mix of that where, you know, you can tell the the spirit of what was happening in the room, um, but it's not like some long drawn out thing that goes on forever. Um, yeah, there are a couple in there that that you know we really were were looser than others for sure. And and on that tour that you guys do and and are, are going to be doing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're actually getting you're you're playing in a lot more of the listening rooms that maybe you haven't played yeah. in the past. What's yeah, that like? It's really nice. It's really nice to play rooms that you haven't played. Um, before, whether they're bigger or smaller. Um, it's, you know, it's, I'm 38 years old and have been playing a lot of the same rooms for, for like 20 years at this point, 10, 15 years. You know, you get sort of put in the same rooms or, you know, I also switched, uh, agents. And so there's different contacts and it's, it's exciting. I like to play, I like to play rooms where people are paying attention because you get to, and not in a stuffy way. It's like, but you get to have an experience with them rather than sort of playing at them. You know, you, you get to, you get heckled and you get to chat with people and, you know, you have a, a unique experience to that particular city and, and venue. So um, it's been really nice to, to play some new rooms. And are there, are there any, in terms of these listening rooms, is there any particular ones that pop out that you would mention? 
Um, we did, man, Eddie's Attic is just one of my favorite places. Nice. Um, which, you know, you missed as, as well, Seth. But um, we did play Eddie's Attic. Which, <laughs> which is a mile, run. which is less than a mile from my house in, yeah. uh, in Decatur, it's Georgia. Cool. You're no- well, I'm noticing a pattern here, but it's cool. <laughs> uh, you're always busy when I'm in town. Oh, fine. stop. No. Uh, <laughs> so, you know what? Fine. We'll, we'll come to Nashville and I'll talk to you All off right. air about that. Oh, okay, great. We'll, we'll sit down, we'll have lunch, we'll talk, we'll have some coffee. Um, yeah, I know I love that room, though. It was really special, and it was packed, and, and people came out on a Wednesday having no idea what they were going to see. Right. You know, I think people now, like, maybe have seen some video or whatever, but but in that, you know, that those, those first couple of weeks of doing this duo tour, people have no idea what to expect, and I, and I really appreciate that they sort of just put their faith in whatever they they think they might hear and come out we really appreciate and that did, so. does that change your whole head game going into a room going on a tour like that i mean exactly what you just said your fans didn't know what to expect there's there wasn't video there wasn't i mean there was just a right. photo of you two pretty much right 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 um but you know I, I i i love it you know i i love that people don't know what to expect i love you know half the time we don't know what to expect um and, and only playing you know, duo, like we, you know, we call each other our musical soulmates. Like we read each other's minds all night long. Um, and we get to go crazy places with the music because you don't have a band behind you. Whenever he wants to go to some insane chord and take it in left field, we get to do that because there's nobody, you know, holding up the works, as my parents would say. And then, uh, you know, we yeah. get to like go places every single night that we've never gone before. And and to, to to take this one other spot though, with bringing it back to uh, your work with Christian, is there a chance that we're going to see any dates uh, to support this album? With him, yeah. Uh, well, he is the busiest human on the planet. So um, we did we played Newport Jazz um, a couple weeks ago, and he joined us for part of the set which was super fun and exciting um so you know when when we can get it together you may see one or two over the next year but i mean he's he's booked until like 2026 so um <laughs> i wouldn't hold my breath but he's always on a five-year plan you know that's amazing let me ask you this you're you're used to playing festivals with big bands behind you do you have any trepidation going in, into that festival setting with just a duo no i love it i love it i love playing duo um, you know, I sure. love playing with big bands too, but I, I absolutely love it. And, and I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like other people may be nervous about it, but I'm not nervous about it. I know what we do and, uh, it's, it's fun. What we do is fun. It's not like, it's not a singer songwriter situation. You know, it's like, you just gotta, you gotta come check it out, but it's, it's, fun and it's lighthearted but it's 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 sophisticated and um and we you know we just love challenging each other so come check it out all right seth with your permission i'll go to the final four unless you have something else uh you know rob um, i got one I have nothing else uh, rob i got one one more thing rob can you okay. get, can you go ahead and take us to the final four <laughs> there you go all right i'm gonna ask you about four musicians <laughs> real quick if you don't mind and we're going to start with Nigel Hall because he's the reason you met uh, Christian. And, yeah. and by the way, his his rap at the end of How Sweet It Is during Lock-In was one of the highlights of the whole festival. I love the oh, guy. Cool. Um, I hope he's thanked on this record because he arranged the gig uh, in New Orleans at Tipitina's, not far from where you will be tonight, uh, which led to you meeting Christian, correct? 
Yes. DJ Soul Sister's crazy energetic birthday party. Yes. Any lingering memories from that night? Other, we already did the pinky that you and Christian made the pinky promise. Any other memories that stick out from you from that night? Oh man, uh, you know we did a set of sort of like all James Brown B sides, um, very few hits, um, which was really cool to to study that music a little bit more in depth. Because I feel like we all know, you know, the the material that everybody else knows, but um, Christian and Soul Sister and Nigel are such James Brown historians uh, oh, yeah. that you know they really really like went deep with the set list so it was really fun to do that um you know we played one set and i remember nigel just like falling on the ground at the end and being like i get it i finally get it like (laughs) this is really hard (laughs) he's like being james brown is really hard uh it was just it was such a fun night and and uh, i loved being able to celebrate soul sister like that she's she's such an amazing you know, DJ and spirit and historian of, of soul music, you know? Okay. Thank you. Excellent. How about number two now? How about Tom Petty? You played some gigs with him. Did you have any interactions with him? I had one interaction with him, which was on the final night of a tour. Oh man. I don't want to tell this story. It seems rude, but it's sort of half funny and half, half rude. Um, okay. It's okay. You can talk. Nobody <laughs> yeah, of course you said that. Uh, you're like, oh, juice, let's go. Um, so, you know, we were on tour with them all summer long, and, and Trey and Tom had not met. Uh, you know, it's it's very much like Tom walks to the stage 30 seconds before the first downbeat. There's no sound check. There's no whatever. Like, he's like, I got this. I've been doing this for, you know, 60 years. Shut up. So, um, the you know, the last night of the tour, the managers think, like, well, it's about time, you know, these people have met. They've been on tour all summer. And so Trey and I ended up meeting Tom and there was like a handshake and, and, you know, Hey man, thanks so much for having us. It's been really fun. And, and, uh, Tom was like, yeah, man. Yeah. He just kind of stared at him and he goes, yeah, man, you keep that backup singer. <laughs> just walked away. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah. And of course he loved it. Cause you know, like Trey loves me a lot. So like he, he, he cherishes that moment, but he's like, you know, he wasn't like, Hey, great songs or great guitar playing. He was like, Hey, you, you keep that backup singer around. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nothing about a sweet cone. Just great backup singer. Yep. No, just, you know, Number three, Greg Allman. You jammed with him down at Wani. Yeah. Another one we lost recently. Did, did you have any interactions with him? Had a story like that for, for you about that, but no, that was like such a brief sit-in. Sorry. Were they, in, were they someone you listened to when you were young? Um, they were not on my radar until, you know, fairly recently. It was, wasn't who I grew up listening to. Um. No, I wish I could say yes. I wish I had gotten to them sooner, for sure. What and was it like having that big... Oh, go ahead, Zach. No, no, no. That's good. You're good. What was it like having that big butch truck sound right behind you? I was like a friggin' freight train. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's a really cool feeling. And Mark and Jamo, I'm sorry, but, but butch really... Right, 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 oh. right. Um, okay, uh, okay we'll number four. Uh, number four, Rob. Yeah, we'll end with Trey. Have you spoken with Trey recently? Of course. 
We talk every day. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> but I have spoken well, with him recently. Because I'm sure he was pretty bummed about the whole curveball thing. Of course. But is he doing all right? Yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah. No, it's an unfortunate thing that no one can do anything about. And obviously, you know, he cares more than anybody I know about right. the happiness and the well-being of, of, of everyone involved. So, um, but truly like the probably the kindest heart of anybody I know. So it was devastating, you know, on their, on their part, like even more so than the fans. And I know it was devastating for the fans too. So. Well, right. And knowing that it just, it was, I was just concerned it might linger or something, you know, how artists can be that really care, you know, and, but it's, yeah, he, no, there's he is a good spirit though. Oh yeah. 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 No, he's, he's, he's fine. He's just, you know, he's bummed like everybody else. Have you ever attended a fish festival? Uh, I attended uh, Coventry. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Uh, since we didn't need to talk about that. So, so would but you say yes. that the, that he's as bummed as you would be when you go out to your car and it's been towed? <laughs> I, I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I'd say <laughs> pretty, pretty far past that kind of bummage. Jennifer's just not quite that cheesy. Oh well, I am, and I'm. I I just can't. I thank you so much for your time. I am so thrilled to be able to share a track, an exclusive track, with our listeners. Um, we've really, really enjoyed the album, and thank you just, so much. Yeah, we we wish you all the best. Look forward to seeing you soon. We'll talk about Nashville and uh, Rob. What else you want to say? I love the show with Empower again Wednesday. That Earth, Wind, and Fire, the solo section of that. Had had the had it was a bar, you know, the Terminal West. They silenced the room with the solo section. Each of them played stunning, stunning solos. Oh, thanks, man. Now you've got all these different projects. Where where do you want to direct people? Where should they go to be able to see all of your dates? Uh, I mean, you can go to jenniferhartzik.com and check out whatever tickles your fancy. Um, Nick and I are on tour pretty much for the rest of the year. Um, in support of this record, so we're we're kind of we're kind of everywhere, and dates always being added. So um, come check it out. All right, thanks so much, Jen. Right. Yeah, all right. You guys have a good day. You as well. And Jennifer, if Stasek gives you hell, email me, and I'll give you some nasty stuff to say about Pittsburgh sports teams. Like tell okay. them the Steelers aren't, Steelers won't get back to the Super Bowl with the coach they have right now. Tell them.
Do you feel better when you're dumb? 